Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Mother to us all. In the 2014 movie, Pride, there is a scene of loveliness that you know that you shouldn't fall for, but you do. A woman stands up in a crowded room full of talk and confusion and begins to sing in a haunting voice. Soon a few more women stand to sing with her, then the whole room. All are joined together in song and tears spring forth in your eyes. Pride is based on the true story of gay and lesbian Londoners throwing their lot in with striking minors around Britain during a time when the Thatcher government was trying to crush the unions. It's the 1980s and the gay activist Mark Ashton realizes that the reason the LGBTQ community isn't being harassed so awfully lately is because the attention of the police has been diverted to striking minors. Immediately, he holds a fundraiser during London's Gay Pride, and a new group is born. Lesbians and gays support the minors or since every political movement needs an unwieldy acronym, LGSM. As you might imagine, some of the miners and their communities aren't exactly thrilled to be linked to the gay community. And some of, in the LGBTQ community aren't thrilled to focus on miners and their towns, since many had to ex escape those places in order to be free to be themselves. Somehow though, LGSM ends up in a small mining town in Wales and bonds are forged after mistrust, setbacks, and protests. As the miners learn that these activists know a thing or two about how to protect their rights when dealing with police harassment. And the activists learn that miners aren't as prejudiced as they assumed. If you want to know how this amazing story of solidarity turns out, well, you're going to have to rent the movie. But back to the song. During a community meeting of rural miners and their families and urban GLBTQ folks, there's a lot of talk and argument about what to do next. When a young woman stands to sing as we come marching, marching in the beauty of the day. A million darkened kitchens, a thousand mill-offs gray, are touched with all the radiance that a sudden sun discloses. For the people hear us singing, bread and roses, bread and roses. The other women rise to sing the second verse in harmony, which ends, our days shall not be sweated from birth until life closes. 
Hearts starve as well as bodies. Give us bread, but give us roses. Hearts starve as well as bodies. Give us bread, but give us roses. And finally, the whole room joins to sing the last two verses, and all are stirred by this old union song inspired by the slogan, Bread for All and Roses Too. That first appeared as women struck for the right to vote and then later joined trade union fights worldwide for decent working conditions and fair wages. Helen Todd, who first uttered the phrase, said that bread for all and roses too express the soul of the women's movement. Because women want bread themselves and for their families, they want home and shelter and security, but they also want roses, beauty, art nature. The slogan, bread and roses, then appeared at union protests and strikes throughout the early part of the 20th century, finally inspiring a poem and then later the song that became the anthem of trade unionists, the Wobblies, and later the women's movement. It's still sung today at protests and at women's colleges. And why not? And why not? For don't we understand the need for bread for the body and roses for the soul? How can we choose between food and beauty? There need not be a dichotomy, a divide between the two, though the practical, unimaginative Judas seems to think so as he criticizes Mary's beautiful, lavish act of love and sorrow and gratitude as she breaks open a jar of costly perfumed oil to anoint Jesus' feet, allowing the oil to thickly cover him and then letting down her hair and using it to wipe his feet with the oil, allowing the rich fragrance to fill the room. Here, G Judas protests. This expensive nard should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Poor Judas, bereft of imagination, bean counter of the world, pinched with need. Unless we think that this fault is peculiar to Judas, all the Gospels share this story, and in every one, someone protests, sometimes the disciples, sometimes a religious leader. So it's not just Judas who balks at this lavish act of beauty, insisting that the needs of the poor come first. Perhaps even we are made uncomfortable here, a sensual act of love, bowing down at the feet of Jesus, pouring oil over him, hands and hair used to massage and wipe his feet, then the reminder that we must give money to the poor. And Jesus' seemingly callous answer that you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Lavish costly oil versus the poor of this world. We, like Judas, like the disciples, think that we've got to choose. But Mary, Mary sees that this is a false choice, for in anointing Jesus' feet, she makes clear who Jesus is, a king, for it is kings who are anointed. In anointing Jesus' feet, Mary prepares him for death, for it is the dead 
who are anointed. In anointing Jesus' feet, Mary lavishes all she has on the poor. For is not Jesus the poor? Was he not born in a stable without a place to lay his head? Didn't the Son of God empty himself so that he might join us in the poverty of human form? Jesus ate with the poor. He taught the poor. He healed the poor. He was crucified without his clothes, hung between two criminals, and finally laid in a tomb not his own, but borrowed for him. In anointing Jesus, Mary anoints the poor in front of her, showing us what we are called to do, to bring bread to the poor, yes, but to bring roses too. To open our hands to the poor among us, as we are told in Deuteronomy, since there will never cease to be some in need on this earth. But we're not just to open our hands, we are to break open our hearts, pouring out kindness and mercy and love, for we are to love our neighbors, not merely administer to them. Mary refuses to choose between body and soul, between bread and roses. She insists on both. And in Jesus, she, we, Receive them. For what is more lavish, what is more wasteful than Jesus' act of love on the cross? Could he not have done more by living for another 30 years, devoting his life to the poor? And yet, Thank God for that lavish, beautiful moment when he broke the vessel of his body, covering us in his perfumed spirit. For in Jesus, we receive bread and roses, the bread of life, bread of the world, broken for us on the cross. The roses of his wounds, blooming beautifully, eternally in our salvation. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.